Welcome to the Propel on Purpose podcast. I am on a mission to help first-generation founders build wealth through entrepreneurship and do so without sacrificing their well-being. I'm your host, Angelise Cordero, HR and leadership expert, Cuba-born Jersey girl, cafecito lover, dog mom to guava, newly minted fiance, and your HR business bestie. If you're a small business owner who's growing a service-based business, you're in the right place. We're here to talk business, self-care, and leadership to empower your high performance and happiness. Let's pop. Hello, business besties. I am thrilled to bring you the very first guest of the Propel and Purpose podcast. She is one of my business besties, the one who's been my accounter buddy for the past few months, mindfulness expert, therapist, business owner, and community builder. Please welcome Vanessa de Jesus Guzman. Thank you. So happy to be here with you. Thank you for being here. We're so excited to have this conversation with you. To kick us off, please share with our business besties a little bit about yourself and your business journey. Oh, I'd love to. So I first have to take it way, way, way back to tell you kind of where I came from to let you know how I came to be right now. So I started my career off as a second grade teacher, believe it or not, which is very far off from a business owner. And that was about 20 years ago, which sounds like a really long time and makes me sound really old. Um, But I taught second grade for four years. Absolutely loved it. I always knew that kids were my thing and I was put on this planet to help children and families families. And in my second year teaching, I had to restrain a child because he was flipping desks in the classroom so as to not hurt himself or anyone else. Yeah, it wasn't, it was like a traumatic experience really when you think about Mm -hmm. it, because it stayed with me. And I remember crying afterwards. And I said, Mm -hmm. never in my wildest dreams that I think I would have to physically, and we were taught how to, but physically restrain a kid. And he was a bigger kid. Um, So that year I said, no, I I don't want to be a teacher forever. How else can I help kids? And that's how I came across school counseling. So I became a school counselor after four years teaching. And I did that in total for 14 years, 18 years altogether in education. I absolutely loved it. I was a middle school counselor where every day was an adventure and you never knew what you were going to (laughs) get, which I feel really prepared me for becoming a business owner because sometimes you never know what you're going to get. And oh, along the that's way, right. <laughs> absolutely. Um, along the way, I knew that I wanted to become a licensed therapist because the possibilities just seem more endless to do therapy on your own after school than really working in a school. There's a lot of confines and constraints and a lot of school rules that you have to follow. So right. it took me a very, very, very long time, about nine years in total to work to get my licensure. It was a crazy story, which I explained on my own podcast. And finally, in 2020, I got my licensure and was ready to practice on my own, but I knew that this is what I wanted. So in 2019, a year before is when I founded my business, Free to Be Mindful. I have a, a subsidiary business, Amiga Moms, that Free to Be Mindful oversees. So as Free to Be Mindful, I do therapy, obviously, um, if you're looking at us on video, where the room which is where I am at out of Richfield, New Jersey. 
Um, I also do social skills groups for kids. Um, I, I used to do mindfulness classes, educational consultations for children, and public speaking in terms of providing professional development for teachers and educators, parents, and then assemblies for children. So I'm still working with kids in some capacity, just now helping, um, you know, from the bigger picture overall. And I do a lot of um, podcasting also on the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which is the same name as my business. And then in addition to that, um, I am the co-director of Amiga Moms, and we have support um, events and a supportive network for women to really find mindfulness on their journey so that they can be the best moms they can be. So that was all founded in 2019. 2020, I began doing the therapy part. And I never thought then that three years later, I would be where I am now, although working by myself, but really finding pockets of business besties like you, which has been so amazing to help me on this journey and not feel alone and really reach more success than I would have should I have done it by myself. Yes. First of all, incredible journey. You all have to check out her podcast episode. And I've told you this personally, <laughs> but the resilience that you have cultivated throughout the journey that you have exhibited, because it's been a wild, wild journey yes. to get here, but you didn't give up. You kept your eye on the prize. You saw the bigger picture and you continue to do the work. So incredible. Thank you for being an example of entrepreneurship because we have to be, have it's, to be. It's different entrepreneurship is just so different you know when I compare my 10 years of corporate HR to my and we have a lot of similarities I also officially kicked off my business in 2019 but it was you know the side business as well while I was still working in corporate yep. and it's a world of difference and there's so much especially when you have worked in a different industry and environment for such a long time I was in 10 years you were in 14 years there's so much shedding that you have to do of those identities and, you know, the behaviors that you're used to functioning in, in, in those environments and entrepreneurship flexes you like nothing else, which is why it's so important to practice mindfulness. Now, you always say that mindfulness is your jam. When yes. did you start practicing mindfulness? Oh my goodness. I want I, to practice practice actually when I was pregnant in 2013. So that was really when mm. the practice really took off. But I was introduced to it, I want to say back in 2011 or so, um, I took a class, it was a like counseling and religion class or something like that. And the professor used to start the class with like a mindful moment. And the class mm. I was a school counselor back then. So I we used to work the whole day, then go to class at night. I was done at seven o'clock. She was just like, let's, you know, quiet down. And she used to walk us down a guided meditation. And I was like, lady, come on. We just want to go home. <laughs> We're all tired. But that was really the first introduction. And throughout the entire semester, by the end of it, I was like, oh, I think I'm catching on to this, but I would mm. never do it by myself. I would just learn to enjoy it throughout the weeks of that, that spring semester. But And that was 2011 or so. But then it was in 2013 that really I started taking prenatal yoga classes for the physical sense. And I never imagined how much it would impact me emotionally 
and mm. really mentally and even spiritually. So I started off for the physical and then it ended up having all of these other impacts because I just fell in love with it. And I loved my yoga teacher who I still keep in contact to now. So then after that, and even, you know, postpartum and really through the journey. Now my kid is almost 10. So it's been a long wow. journey, but now I do practice it on my own. I make it a part of my therapy sessions before I start a session, before I start podca podcasting, before I start speaking at any uh, in a speaking engagement, any really thing that I, I want to be present for and fully put my all and put my mind to, I think that mindfulness is absolutely important. And we all do it. Mm -hmm. It's just that now we have a title and it's about being intentional about what would perhaps happen naturally doing something that you really love and want to be all in for. Yeah. And actually, that that's a really good distinction. And maybe you could clarify a little bit further for our listeners. What's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? I love that you asked that question because my thing is mindful living because mm. you can be um, mindful while meditating, but you don't have to meditate to be mindful. So you can Ooh. do anything. Yeah, I'll just, I'll repeat that again. Just yeah, in that's a great pearl. <laughs> Say that again. That was so good. Yes, you can be mindful while meditating, but you don't have to meditate to be mindful. So meditation, mm -hmm. I mean, if you go on Google, I don't know why people just miraculously like sit by a pile of rocks on water floating, <laughs> crisscross applesauce with their fingers touching and eyes closed. So when you think of meditation, even Google tells you that that's what meditation is. And typically you can do even active meditation, but typically that's what we think. We're sitting down, eyes closed, we're listening to somebody or we're just in our in, in our mode but in that one spot I really believe in mindful living, not that I don't believe in meditation because I do engage, but sometimes, especially in the life that we live now, and we're always on the go, go, go. And it's really mm -hmm. hard to carve out sometimes 30 minutes to just sit there and be while I do it. I believe in mindful living more so that it is just doing active things in a mindful manner. So I always use the example of washing your hands. You're washing your hands and it's quick and we all learned how to wash our hands now, right? <laughs> After everything that we've experienced in the last few years. So instead of just doing it quickly and having your minds be elsewhere, really taking in, my son always uh, pays attention to like how the water comes out. Is the water smooth and like almost mm. clear? Or you know how some faucets are like a little bit bubbly and make a little bit more of a, of a rushing sound almost. So paying attention to the water, the temperature of the water, the smell that you're using, the soap that you're using, how does it smell? Does it bubble or is it smooth on your hands? When you're drying your hands, really feeling how like the towel or the paper paper towel, or even if you're just shaking it off, how the mm -hmm. water come off your hands. So it's really paying attention the definition I use to the right here and right now with kindness mm. and curiosity and without judgment. And mm. people find that a little bit interesting or funny when I say kindness and curiosity. But when you really think about the times when you're even taking a shower, let's say, sometimes our best thoughts happen when we're in the shower, mm -hmm. but that's because we're paying attention to what we're doing. And then even though our mind is free flowing, there's things that are happening and our creativity comes to us. So we can practice mindfulness in very active ways and everything and anything we do can be done in a mindful way if our mind is really there, paying attention to the right there and then or the right here and now. Wow. I, I love that definition of using kindness and curiosity. 
and we'll we'll talk more about this as we continue. But hearing you say, explain all of the ways in which you can be present and paying attention to the water for someone who is constantly multitasking that the thought of that might feel overwhelming, right? It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Why do I need to pay attention to all of the things? But the impact of being present is what creates this ripple effect. And one, one of the services that we offer at Propel on Purpose is leadership coaching to help business leaders manage their people by developing their emotional intelligence. And for our listeners, emotional intelligence, EQ, is simply how we process emotional data. So we experience in our bodies emotions and we attach labels to these biochemical reactions based on mostly our past experiences and what we know to be the big emotions that there's a lot more complex emotions on the spectrum but we know like the main ones anger frustration happiness sadness etc right and so how we process that emotional data has a direct impact in our actions how we react as a result of that and We'll correlate, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll show more information in the show notes about EQ, but there's a high correlation between emotional intelligence and leadership. And if a leader can raise their emotional intelligence, research shows that it has a great impact into how they manage the relationships, how they make decisions, how they manage stress. And there's these five components of EQ. The first one is self-perception. And within that, there's three subcategories, self-regard, self-actualization, and emotional self-awareness. And we talked Mm. about this on your podcast, the Free to Be Mindful podcast. You all have to check out that episode. Um, And really, how we become self-aware is through mindfulness. We really can't be self-aware if we're not mindful. So needing to pause and not multitask, the misnomer that we're more productive by multitasking is just not true. And the impacts of being able to slow down, pause, and practice being present does invite that kindness and that curiosity and therefore that creativity. And more importantly, as a business leader, it changes the way in which you perceive the people that you work with, the people, the team that you have, the customers that you're working so hard to uh, execute your products or your services for. So I'm very curious, how has mindfulness increased your self-awareness as a business owner and leader? Yes. And oh my goodness, a thousand percent to everything you just said. And that self-awareness is so important because especially as entrepreneurs and I'm assuming as a business leader, I guess I am a business leader too. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, we always have a to-do list a mile long, right? There's mm-hmm. always something to be done. There's always a bazillion things that could be left also for tomorrow. And we do pride ourselves in being multitaskers. But when we aren't doing one thing 100%, what we're really doing is 20% over here, 40 over there, 12 mm-hmm. over here, whatever that math adds up to. And then we're not being the best we can be at what we're doing. And as yeah. a business leader and entrepreneur, that is what we want to do, especially if you are at the head of something. So So it's so very important. Mm -hmm. So as to your question, how does mindfulness help me in my role as a business leader? Was that it? Yep. 
Okay. So it definitely helps because I have to be aware not only of the way that my business is running, and there's so many aspects, right? That that customer service in terms of helping my clients, and really, that's really the number one, like being present for clients that are going through so much, but I'll get back to that. But then from the business end, the finances, what's coming in and out, the, I'm also, you know, the, the, the CFO, but I'm also the custodian, right. like what needs help or what needs, you know, help cleaning. And then I'm also the oh, water needs refilling or we need more tissues and really how I'm taking care of myself so that I can be present. And that's just, you know, a, a few fluffy examples, but you really have to be there of in all aspects. And this is just as a, as a solo entrepreneur, and I'm sure as a bigger business, you have so many more things on your mind, but if you're not taking care of yourself and if you are not mm. regulated physically in your body and emotionally in your feels, then you're going to be all over the place and not be able to be a hundred percent, which you want for your business. And for myself, although I do do speaking engagements and podcasting and assemblies and consultations and social and supportive and networking events, the number one thing is when I am in the chair providing therapy to mm -hmm. whether it be a five-year-old or a 50-year-old mom. And if I am not fully present, able to put my stuff aside and do my job, then I am not a good therapist. So mindfulness is that really at the forefront of what I do for myself, but then I pass it along to my clients so that they too can find I want to say that that peace so that they can just live their lives with peace. But I also want to bring to mind, I always say you could be mindfully pissed off. So you can be <laughs> mindfully frustrated or mindfully, you know, anxious or whatever it is. If you're noticing where am I feeling things? Why is it that I'm feeling this way? How is it showing up in my actions? That is all being aware of how you're feeling. Regard, it doesn't have to be a deemed good, quote unquote, feeling. It can be any type of feeling. But then what do I do with that? Because if you don't have that awareness, you don't know mm -hmm. what to do and then how to proceed in life and hopefully make things better. I love the, the reference to emotional self-regulation because we are so accustomed to being on the go and pushing through. We push through emotional whatever, yeah. being pissed off, being frustrated, especially when you're running a business and there's things that need to get done and there's you know events or services that you have to execute on. There's a team that you have to manage. And especially us as first generation, children of immigrant, Latinas, yeah. We are especially taught to just keep it moving, to push through that we just have to get on the other side of it. And what that does is that it pushes down all of those emotions. And if you don't practice something like mindfulness, it is very easy for those emotions to creep up when you least ex expect it because you haven't processed them. You mm -hmm. haven't regulated how you know a trigger el elicits a response. And so what you find is that you are constantly in, in these patterns of behavior and you're reacting out of that emotional place without even being aware that that's where it's coming from. And yeah. that's why there's so many, you know, we, we come across issues in our lives and situations. And if you start noticing, how come this keeps showing up in my life? There's probably something unresolved that you have to start paying attention to. So I appreciate so much the, the connection there. Um, for those who are starting a mindfulness practice, what are some techniques, tools, maybe some hacks uh, for our business besties? 
Yes. And I love how you said the trigger elicits a response and you have a choice, whether it's going to be a response Mm -hmm. or whether it's going to be a reaction. And there's a difference between the two. And when you become more aware, which is the number one tool to begin to answer your question, then you can start paying attention to, wait, how am I responding? Am I reacting? Mm -hmm. And then what can I do about that to make better choices, not only for other people, but for yourself as well, so that Mm -hmm. you can be your best for others. So really having that self-aware we stated was the number one thing. And what I really want to make really aware is that it's not something additional to do. It's just paying attention to what you're already doing because we are Mm -hmm. mindful in pockets in our lives. And if we just stretch that to other pockets of life, then we can really reap the benefits. So think about when you are with your loved one, whether that is a a partner, a spouse, a parent, a child, a, a colleague, whoever it is that you really care for. And if you are really paying attention to them, looking into their eyes when they speak, looking at how, you know, the movements that their faces and their mouth makes, really taking in the conversation to listen and not just to respond, you're being mindful in that moment and you're not Mm -hmm. even realizing that you are. And then hopefully you can take that and um, take that feeling and then place it to other people who maybe you don't care too much about, but you can still be mindful in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Or if you're by yourself and let's say you're going for a walk, whether it is around a lake or whether it is around New York City walking around, paying attention to the skyscrapers or even your reflection in a mirror or the smell of pretzels as you're walking by or how many turtles you can spot in the lake or even, you know, where you see the swans walking. It sounds so trivial and it sounds so simple. And the matter of fact is that it is really that simple. Mm -hmm. We just have to be intentional about paying attention to those simple things. So the number one tool is just taking out time, whether if, and if you can't remember for yourself, put an alarm on your watch or on your phone, just so it mindful moment or take a breath, right? It can be as simple as I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm going to close the door for a moment, 30 seconds and just breathe Mm -hmm. and notice where you're feeling, whatever feelings it is in your body and even squeezing everything together if you need to and letting it go. Those small things make a really big impact because you're paying attention to the way that you're showing up and how you're taking in life and then what what energy you're putting out there towards life back at it. I love that. Uh, Intention, intention, intention. Oh my goodness. I'll share that. I used to be someone who got really overwhelmed and not that I don't get overwhelmed now. I still do, but I used to get really charged up and overwhelmed and back to what I said earlier, have this pattern of behavior and triggers and reactions and mindfulness has really helped me. And for anyone listening, maybe that is a signal. So when you feel emotionally charged, you feel a sense of overwhelm of anxiousness. That's a signal from your body that you have to introduce different tools because it's it's not okay to feel that way. Like when your body is so charged up, that doesn't feel good. It feels like, oh, like you literally, like your body wants to scream out and you need to move energy around. And we talk about a lot about mindfulness and, and uh, mindset really. And it's a combination of being mindful, being intentional and paying attention so that you can also embody whatever it is, the energy, the 
values, the, the big dreams that you're trying to manifest, you get to embody that, but you can only do that if you are taking care of yourself, as you said, and moving some of that energy out. And we don't talk enough about that, but I wanted to share with our listeners that if you're not sure, how do I even start this mindfulness practice? How do I even know that I need this? Those are some signals. If you feel in your body that you're charged up with all of these emotions that you haven't processed that have just been bottled down, that's a great sign that you can introduce something as simple as putting your phone away while you're walking the dog. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, I do that. And it just gives me so much joy, like seeing yeah. him just like wag his little tail. <laughs> and, you know, uh, he does like just the funniest thing. And I just get a, a, a sense of joy and a kick out of just seeing him. And if I were on my phone, you know, looking miss at Instagram it. or, you know, totally miss it. I'm not in the moment. I'm not present. There's no sense of curiosity. There's no sense of you know, enjoying my dog who's still like kind of a puppy. And I imagine it's the same way with children. It's definitely the same way in business. Like you miss opportunities if you're not present, if you're constantly just focused on the execution part of it. So my my dear business besties, uh, (laughs) we highly encourage you all to practice mindfulness. Now, for those who might already have a mindfulness practice, how can they be more consistent? I think, again, that awareness of knowing when you're doing it and you're going to do it when it comes easy to you, obviously, because that's what the brain does. It wants to run on autopilot as much as possible. So maybe you do do it when you're walking your dog or when if you're like like to cook when you're cooking a meal or if you like to dance, mm-hmm. you know, you're present because you want to see, you know, where, where you're going to what are you going to do with your body or where the hand placement goes next. Then challenge yourself to do it when it doesn't come as naturally so that you can implement it in other pockets of your life. And the trick is that you may not have that awareness when it doesn't come as naturally, obviously. So again, random alerts on your phone. Or I used to, when I used to work in a school, I had um, my computer, um, the screensaver was pictures of my family. So when my computer went blank, that means that I was kind of like dazing off. So then when I had pictures of my family and inspirational quotes that I would just screenshot from Instagram, that would come across the screen and I would have my moment. So that was kind of my reminder, like, oh yeah, I'm here. And this is really what's important in life, not whatever other stress is happening. And then I would get right back to it. So it's it's little hacks, really, to mm-hmm. uh, know when you can implement it if it's not coming as naturally in other moments. Thank you for that. And what I want to add here is that it might seem to someone who either doesn't have a practice or has somewhat of a practice, but is a very busy person oh, I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the time to think about something else to do. But absent of these tools, you're just going to be in that same like go, go, go rut. And Mm -hmm. I have to share that the way that I I use these tools with leadership coaching and with clients, the, the small introduction of a tool of even something as simple as journaling as a way to become a little bit more self emotionally self-aware as a way to practice mindfulness in that moment, because you're, you're being aware of how you feel in that moment and, and writing it out. And that's also very cathartic in a way to release, you know, whatever's in the mind. And it also sometimes, uh, you know, I've had clients that in the process of journaling, they'll, they'll, they'll cry because they've just been holding all of that in going through this process, integrating some of these tools, 
I have seen an incredible shift with clients, with business leaders who are running businesses, who have teams of people. And when you are a business owner and a leader, you're responsible for your team. You are the leader. They look to you as the example and you have a choice. You can be the kind of leader who is not mindful and making these decisions from a place of not being aware of your own emotions and not being aware of their emotions and where they are in their journey and you know, not being as kind or as thoughtful in how you implement some of the rules and the policies, you know, from an HR perspective, I think HR gets a bad reputation if we're like the people who put on the rules. But when you're in business, you get to decide what those policies are, you know, within obviously what makes sense for the business, but they don't necessarily have to be so cut and dry. And so taking a step back and being aware of, am I creating processes and policies that are aligned with the values of the business that I have created, that are aligned with my values, are aligned with the impact that I want to make through this business is so critically important. And so just the simple introduction of some of these tools has a completely different change. And then you can instead be the kind of leader who can be vulnerable and doesn't feel a sense of shame or guilt about that. And, you know, shares with their team, like, here's where we are in the business. You know, here's what we're going to. I might not necessarily have all of the answers. And some people think that that's the antithesis of being a, a leader. Like you have to know it all. You have to be it all. You have to, you know, show that you're in charge and then you're in command and you have all the answers, but that's like not reality. Right. And perfection is boring. Nobody expects you to be perfect. It's they, if they think that you are, they're like, you're probably hiding something, you know? So you're better off being more aware of where you are and uh, cultivating the ability to, because the, the first piece of it is that self-perception. And then as we move on through the emotional intelligence components, then it's self-expression. So being aware allows you the opportunity to express yourself in a more thoughtful way, because now you uh, understand those around you and what, you know, where they are in their journey and, you know, how they communicate and what's the best way for you to communicate and influence. Right. Um, so it just has this ripple effect that is incredible. Uh, yeah. So again, business besties, we highly, highly encourage you all to practice mindfulness. And especially if you are a leader who is looking to increase their emotional intelligence, because there's a high correlation between emotional intelligence and leadership, we highly recommend this tool. And it's really simple, as Vanessa yeah. shared those with us. To what you were speaking, like even when we're thinking about going into a team meeting, right? And imagine mm -hmm. how different it would be as opposed to going into wherever you are, whether it's virtual or in person, and then just starting to talk right away. Imagine if you just say, you know what, team, let's just take a breath for 30 seconds. The whole energy in the room shifts and all of a sudden people yes. almost not completely forget what happened before, but just are more present in that mm -hmm. moment, as opposed to everything else that they walk through the door or through the virtual room in. So it can be very simple things, not just when you're by yourself, but also when you're with a group of people. Yes. And people respond to energy. They don't just respond yeah. to what you're saying. In fact, most of our communication is based on our body language. So people mm -hmm. aren't necessarily paying attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth. They're paying attention to how you're delivering that message. And so if you come in delivering that message all 
charged up and hot and ready to go and not taking a step back. That's the energy that that's the response that you're going to get that same sort of like anxious energy. Um, So I I love that. Um, So Vanessa, before we wrap up, where can our listeners find you? How can we support free to be mindful and Amiga moms? Thank you so much for asking that question. So my website is free to be mindful.com. And that's where you find all of my services from mental health services for New Jersey residents to social skills group for kids to educational consultations, speaking engagements, and the free to be mindful podcast is housed on that website as well. And all Amiga moms information. And on social media, you can catch me across all channels at counselor V to Jesus. Yes. Now, my dear business bestie, will you do us the honor of walking us through a short guided meditation to spark some mindfulness? I love it because that's exactly how I end each and every one of my podcast episodes. Really short, just to give you the bite-sized oomph of what you need to experience the moment and hopefully in turn, learn to do it for yourself. So if you just... Mm -hmm. Take in regardless of where you are and what you're doing in this moment. If you're driving, keep driving. Don't close your eyes. If (laughs) you are walking or sitting wherever you're in, just notice what you're doing and start with your breath. Just Mm -hmm. pay attention to how the air flows into your nose and then how you release your breath out of your mouth. And pay attention to, again, the air rushing through your nose and even at the top of that breath when there's a small pause and then how you release the breath and feel the air rushing through the lips. That in and of itself is being mindful, just paying attention to that breath, but we're going to take it a step further. We're going to go into our bodies and just feel how your body's feeling from your toes to your head. So depending on what you're doing, if you can just squeeze your toes, roll your ankles, maybe squeeze your calves and your thighs together. They work so hard for us each and every day. As you move up to the body, you may want to scrunch your belly in and then let it go. Even scrunch your hands in a fist and let it go, moving up to your biceps as you scrunch, maybe even rolling your shoulders back, shifting your neck so that you release any tension that so many of us hold in there, especially looking at screens all day. And then there's so much that happens within our face as we think so hard with all parts of our face, So as you continue to breathe and feel that rush through your nose and coming out of your lips, I want you to pay attention to these small things around our face, starting with the energy that we put in between our eyebrows where we think so hard. See if you loosen that up. Perhaps you have to shift your eyebrows up and down and then allowing it to rest where it rests naturally and allowing it to fully unscrunch. If you have a hard time doing this by yourself, you can even take your hands and massage that area so that it is less tense. Paying attention now to your mouth, whether it's resting or maybe even smiling, just see if you can feel any tension around your mouth, whether it's from a smile on your smile lines or any tightness on the corners of your mouth. 
Then moving into even to your jaw, again, we keep a lot of tension and thought in there. So allowing your upper jaw or an, an, an out, uh, bottom jaw to separate a little bit, your bottom jaw to drop and allowing some space there until it feels comfortable. And even your tongue, which we don't ever pay attention to, allowing it to fall from the roof of your mouth and just have it be neutral. And as you take your breaths in and out now, just notice if there's any shift in your body, any shift in your face. And understanding that if there isn't any, or if you don't notice any, it's not that you did it wrong. You're just observing and you're not placing judgments and not having expectations of what it should be, just accepting the what is. So taking one last breath as you think peace in and release all good energy out and knowing that you receive what you put out. So hopefully there can be more peace and good energy in our world. And I thank you so much for allowing me to do my thing. Yes. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for mindfully pouring into us. My cup feels so full this morning. Thank you for being my business bestie. And here's to you. Of course. Uh, Here's to you and your continued business success. Cheers. Yay. Cheers. Hello, business besties. Mil gracias. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you had at least one pearl to take away with you, please pay it forward. Share a link text to your business bestie, a screenshot on social media, or some love in the form of a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you're a service-based small business owner ready to maximize your people resources, email us at hola at propelonpurpose.com for a free HR consultation. Remember, though entrepreneurship can feel lonely and like a constant grind, you don't have to do it alone. So let's pop.